0: Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. Once you start hearing the goodness of God message, it just kind of ruins you for a lot of places out there, or what a lot of people are saying and attributing to God, and Because the truth is, you know, if you don't see it in the life of Jesus, you can no longer attribute it to God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus was the exact representation of the invisible God, it says. And he went about doing good and healing all. It was never even God's intention to give us the law. You know, when you look at creation, when you look in the Garden of Eden, it just never was his intention to have us relate to him based on external performance and standards and rules and he didn't even want to give them the law and actually for years thousands of years when they were breaking when they were sinning before the law came you know abraham and all those guys god didn't punish god didn't relate to people based on their performance even still then it wasn't until the children of israel got out in the desert And started whining and complaining and asking him for kings and rules. And he's like, okay, well, if y'all want to relate to me based on your performance, then here. This is my standard. But it says that he found fault with the law himself. He knew that it wasn't the standard that we were going to reach to him. He knew that eventually the only way we'd have a relationship with him was through his righteousness freely given to us through the blood of Christ. And so you know it's just it saddens me that there's so many places out there so many I don't know if y'all realize this but probably 80% of people in this country maybe even more that claim to be believers in God that claim to have had a a born again time where they decided to believe on Jesus as their savior just don't go to church and it's i think it's because we're hearing a mixed covenant message you know you go to church and you hear a little bit of grace and you hear a little bit of law and Nobody can live in those standards. You walk around confused. You never know if you're pleasing God, right? I mean, how many of you have ever had that put on you, that burden put on you, where you feel like I've got to live my life to please God, and you feel like that's your standard for whether or not God can bless you? Raise your hand if you've ever felt that way before. Almost everybody, really. But thank God for the new covenant, thank God for grace. Right? Thank God for the cross. Because Christianity is different in the sense that at the heart of it, it's about our God loving us. You know, it says that we love Him because He first loved us. Every other religion is about living toward either a deity or a set of rules and standards that you reach perfection or righteousness or attain enlightenment because of your own pursuit your own pursuit of knowledge whatever you get and how holy you live in your own on your own and and i'm telling you if that was the way it was or it is for us then we're putting ourselves under the entire law and you know he says that if you if you want to try to go to god based on your performance then you got to keep the entire law to qualify and nobody can do that we can't do that We'd sound like those pterodactyls running around screaming, trying to work it up, trying to perform. And, 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 you know, funny enough, that's what you see in a lot of churches. You see people, well, charismatic churches, working it up, running around, screaming, trying to perform. And a lot of people just give up, just give up on church and leave and say, you know what, I'm just going to work it out between me and God and unplug from the system. And it, It's unfortunate, but that's what we see happening. But as I was thinking about tonight, you know, I just I just felt like God wanted to communicate to us that he just desires a relationship with us. I mean, he just really desires to have a relationship with us. You know, it says that we were created for his good pleasure. God doesn't take pleasure in pain and suffering. He takes pleasure in relationship. You know, God himself is an emotional being. I mean, he experiences love, and that's that's what he desires. And it's so vastly different from anything that the world offers that it's foreign to us. Because we're not raised, you know, our society's bad at relationships. We're just all bad at relationships. If, in case you're wondering if you're bad at relationships, you probably are. <laughs> Most of us are. Maybe this guy's not. I don't know. Pretty good. He's pretty good. Okay, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can see it on his like, not me, I'm good. <laughs> but, you know, even that, it doesn't matter how good you are at that. It just matters, can you let God love you? And a lot of us, based on, we're trying to measure up with our performance. We won't let, we won't, W-O-N, Prosper, we will not let God love us because we don't feel confident. We don't feel qualified to receive that kind of love freely. And I've got just a clue for you. You never will be able to qualify for it. Only through the blood of Christ. Megan's smiling. Are you happy? Does that make you happy? <laughs> Let's look at a couple of scriptures. John 15. If you flip over there. You know the thing about the kingdom of God is that it's not of this world. God's kingdom doesn't look like this world system. You know, there's all these paradoxical scriptures all through uh, the Bible that says if you want something from God, rest. You know, if you want to experience miracles, believe. And in and, and this world system, work hard to get something. You know, you want... Something to happen, push for it. If you don't, you know, you hear it all the time. If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. And it's just totally opposite with God. God's about rest. God's about, you know, some of my favorite scriptures that we say in here all the time are um, all things that pertain unto life and godliness have already been given to us. You know, it, it's, it's as if our relationship with God now. On this side of the cross is we're already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, as the scripture says, with him living inside of us. Him having already given us everything that we will ever need, perfectly qualified to walk in all that stuff. Then he gave us his power to go out and see miracles. I mean, you realize that it says in Matthew 10, he gave you the power to cure diseases and cast out devils. Don't run out of the room but you have that power if you have jesus in you you do so it's everything that you will ever need from anybody or not anybody but in this life comes from god within but yet this world system is all about what's going on out here let me get that right and then i'll feel okay okay this relationship isn't doing well so let me get that tidied up then i'll feel good about myself inside Or maybe my job's not producing what I need it to. Let me get that to a place where it's giving back to me what I need to fill this gap inside of me. Then I'll feel okay. That's the world system. And the kingdom of God is not like that. The kingdom of God is within. It's lived from the inside out. And the interesting thing about the kingdom of God, it says that when you sow the word of God in your heart, it literally produces the kingdom in your life. It's the exact opposite of what we think we have to do. We think we have to go out here and push and force and strive to feel okay inside, and it's just not. God says, "No, you develop my love." You you in 1st John uh, 3. You know, it says that when your heart is confident toward God and his love for you, then you'll see everything that you've prayed for. It just seems opposite from the world system. John 15 John fifteen, fifteen. He says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You, know, you literally have God on earth calling you a friend. And we're not servants. You're not in the army of the Lord marching. You're just not. You're in the family of God loving people. You know, it's not you going out and doing battle with the devil that brings people to repentance. It's the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. It's you going out and loving people. You know, I, just, I just had this experience uh, last week uh, and, and, and I, don't, I love this story because it has nothing at all to do with me. <laughs> but yet it happened through me. And so it's just God you know you yield yourself to God and he just lo- he just loves on people through you this guy um that which i don't know i don't think i'd ever even met him before but um and at the night that i met him spoke we maybe spoke three or four sentences to each other and then we get up to leave and he turns around and i turn around about the same time and you know i just waved to him and he looked back and waved and And he told somebody later, he was like, man, I I don't know what it was, but I just felt like I knew that guy, and I felt known by him. I felt like we'd been friends forever, and I felt like that that," he was raised Catholic, and he said, I felt like that that I'd be able to have a second chance with God, that that guy would be able to give me a second chance with God. And it's like, that had nothing to do with me. That guy looked, and he just, he experienced God. I'm not God. Again, I didn't have anything to do with that. He just, I've yielded my life, and he just saw God. That's, That's how the kingdom works, you know. I didn't go up to the guy, give him a dissertation on the Roman road to salvation and all that stuff, you know. It was just, no. You know, we were all sitting around talking about God, loving on each other, and he just saw God. That happens to you all the time, doesn't it? Joel just walks around, people fall out. So, let's look at another scripture here. Proverbs 3. Flip over there. The, the point of that scripture is that, you know, it says that he makes known to us what the Father thinks about us and has for us. You know, no other religion do you have the kind of relationship with the God of that religion where you know what's going on with that God. You know, it's all about the mystery in most religions. And a lot of people make Christianity about the mystery, but it says that all the mysteries have been revealed to us, that the ultimate mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. But when you think about that, it's like you, you know, so many of us put our Christianity and kind of in this category of, okay, well, I'm going to live my life the best that I can. I'm going to go to church. I might even read my Bible every now and then. I'm going to pray when I get in trouble. And that's kind of the extent of it. Because we don't realize that God is a personal God, literally desiring relationship with us. So much so that He sent a representative in this earth to tell us what He thinks. Before we read Proverbs 3, uh, I'm just thinking about the scripture that when Jesus, I think it's in John 16, 15, I'm not sure, but when Jesus was getting ready to leave and he was giving his disciples kind of the last last minute instructions and telling them who they were and what they were going to do, he told them what the Holy Spirit would do. If you're not familiar, uh, what happened, Jesus died on the cross, went into the grave for three days came back up, went back into heaven, and came back down and actually spent 40 days on the earth after he resurrected, revealing himself to people. He literally walked around, you know, talking with people. I think the largest group that he spent time with was about 500 people. For 40 days after the resurrection, Jesus was on the earth, walking around, people could see him and touch him and talk to him, and he taught and he revealed, and he would breathe on people and they would receive the Holy Spirit. And at the end of all that, he said, okay, it's ty- and now it's really time for me to go. And you're not going to see me. He said, because the most important thing that I can do is leave. <laughs> it sounds kind of strange, right? I mean, if he was here for 40 days after his resurrection, he legally could have stayed on the earth, right? I mean, he did it for 40 days. Why not 4,000 years, you know? I mean, what's the deal? But he said he had to go Because the most important thing he could do was go so that he could send the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I gave this illustration a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, think about how amazing that would be if Jesus were still on this planet. Well, he is. You you know, you can't see him. But if you woke up and you could, like, flip on the Jesus channel. All right. Let's see what Jesus got to say today. And he literally would maybe even come to your town and preach, you know. I I mean, seriously, think about that. It could happen. He he did it for 40 days. But he said even more important than that, more important than staying here physically with us, is that he go so he could send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes and infuses God into you. Jesus is God with you. The Holy Spirit is God in you. You need a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because you don't just need to know the right things. You need to have ingrained inside of you the direction that God is leading you in a personal relationship. Not just a set of standards and rules. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will remind you of all things. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. And he will tell you what the Father is saying. How many of you want to know what God's saying right now to you in your life? The Holy Spirit does that. I'm not talking about being mystical and running around and, you know, God told me this, God told me that, but the truth is you literally do have the spirit of God inside of you and one of his functions is to tell you what the father is saying. I'll let that sink in for a minute because, I mean, how many of you want to know what, you know, if, if you could stand in front of God right now and just stand there and have him speak to you? I mean, we all want that. And we have that with the Holy Spirit living directly inside of us. I mean, we, we, we so limit our lives because we're focused out here. Religion has pulled the wool over our eyes and made us to believe that relating to God is out here. And the iPhone says, Amen. Can you hear my shoes? (laughs) I got squeaky shoes. The God of the universe that has created everything that is everywhere literally has made a way to live right here and have a relationship with you. Because He loves you. Not because He's trying to get you to do right. He knows you're not going to do right. I mean, you're just not. All have sinned falling short and we still sin you know sin the only thing sin means is to miss the mark and the mark is Jesus so if you don't live up to the standard that Jesus modeled every day then you've sinned but he already paid the price for your sins so it's not about your performance you know again people misunderstand that and think well you, you, what are you saying you can just do anything you want to do and get away with it well kind of yeah you may go to an early grave mess up your heart so that you can not experience God All right, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Now, that's probably one of the most popular scriptures in the Bible, but it's rooted in relationship. It's rooted in hearing the voice of God. How in the world would he expect us to be led by him? Unless we've got a relationship with Him. All right, Matthew six thirty three. Let's flip over there. While you're flipping there, you know, you think about the two commandments that Jesus gave, and they, you know, they, the Pharisees were always trying to trick Jesus. They were always trying to get him to miss it. I mean they were you know they were on the path to kill him anyway, but they were always trying to find a way to discredit his teaching. <clears throat> you know, that's why they wanted to kill him, because what he preached worked. I mean what he did worked, and what they had didn't work. Religion is vicious when it doesn't work, because it will hang on to what it thinks is right and seek to disprove everything else. You know, I, I, I think about people that are out there that don't go to church, and you know they're told things like you know some well-meaning Christian comes along and says, well you know you really need to be in church You need to have a body you know you really need to be connected because you're just missing out on a blessing if you don't have a covering you know, then you're gonna be all messed up. It's like oh, oh man you know I don't know about that, but. I've, seen, I've run into people out on the street. You know, I'm, Sarah and I are pretty vocal about our faith, and we'll run into people and feel like God will lead us to pray for people. And sometimes we'll just end up having conversations with people. And, and, and you know, sometimes you run into people that don't go to church, but, man, their theology is way better than some pastors that I know because they have a relationship with God. You know, Matthew six thirty three. it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You know, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. It's, it's a personal scripture is what it's talking about. Because the kingdom is God. I mean, the kingdom is not a place. You know, the, the kingdom of heaven is not... I mean, there is eternity. There is the new Jerusalem, the city of God, that's going to come down to this earth when this earth is restored at the end of times. But heaven is not some place that you're going to go. You know, Jesus prayed, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I I like that one song that we we did, the last song that was talking about possibility, because that's kind of what heaven is. It's like this realm of pure potential, possibility. You know, it's not... You're not trying to be good and live right so you can get to heaven one day. You know, like, like heaven is a reward. And it's not. Heaven is a place. It's a potential inside of us. The kingdom of heaven, it says, is within. It's, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And when he started talking about it, he said, you know, don't, don't, don't say who's going to go up to get it and bring it down. Or who's going to go down and bring it up? Because it's in you. It's near you. It's in your mouth. You know, it's like the matrix. You guys, remember, you guys see the matrix and Morpheus is trying. He's like, the matrix is all around you. It's the wool that's been pulled. And it's like, well, what is it? It's like that with the kingdom of God. You, you, you can't really, it's not a, pl- it's not, I'm, I'm having a hard time putting it in the way. I can see it. You know, it's like this, the way of the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. Those aren't places. Those are qualities of life. Those are states of being. You know, the, the state of being of heaven is righteousness and peace and joy. And when we experience heaven, that's what we're experiencing. Righteousness, peace, and joy. And when he says, seek first the kingdom, he's not talking about get it right to live toward something in the future. He's talking about seek a person. Seek God. And it, you can almost put it in perspective as priorities. You know, when you have God first in your life, then all this stuff just falls into place. And all this stuff's talking about, you know, money and food and clothing and all that stuff that you need. But all that is even provided to you as you're seeking God. I mean, yeah, we need to be responsible. You've got kids, you've got jobs and all that, but it, but... You know, I, I'm being challenged because it says that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. And, you know, when Jesus launched out into his ministry and he just walked around and he needed some food, he just split some bread. He needed some money. It came up in a fish's mouth. You know, he needed to get somewhere. he just walked across the water. I want to do that. You guys want to do that? it's about relationship. <clears throat> you know, if you were to put into words what your relationship with God looks like. And now, don't get condemned over this, you know. Just use it as a mark of okay, well, this is my starting point. Because even your relationship with God can turn into a performance issue. You know, you feel like, okay, I've got to go relate with God. And um, what that looks like is I'm going to pray an hour every morning. And I'm going to read my Bible. And, you know, that, that's not relationship. I mean, think of the people around you. What does a relationship look like with them? You spend time with them. You get to know them. You talk to them. They talk. You listen. A lot of Christians aren't listening to God right now. It is the very function of the Holy Spirit to tell you what the Father is saying. And a lot of our prayer life is yak 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 yak. Now you do that and I'm going to go over here and I'm going to wait for you to sh- make it show up. <laughs> no condemnation, you know, don't feel, don't if that describes your prayer life, don't feel guilty. Just use it as a marker. One last scripture here in uh, John 17. Everything about God <clears throat> is found in knowing Him. Everything about God is found in knowing Him and being known by Him. Yeah, I, I listen to some preachers and, and um, it sounds like their description of God's desire of a relationship with us sounds like we're a bunch of rats in a maze that he just threw down here and we're trying to run around and figure out what his will is so that we can get whatever it is we think we're trying to get from him and then maybe make it to eternity that's just not the model that he created in the garden of eden you know you look at the garden of eden and it was good and it was complete you know god's idea of provision is a planet for two people. He made a planet and put two people in it and it had everything they needed. And he said, "Go and maintain." You know, go and maintain. And then he came down and would talk with them every afternoon. That that's that's, that's that was the fruit of sin, you know. The first fruit of sin was fear, but fear drove Adam to hide from God. God showed up in the garden looking for Adam to speak and spend time with him and relate to him and Adam hid because of his performance. Because he knew that he had messed up. I mean, we don't know how long Adam and Eve were in the garden before they sinned. I mean, they could have been there hundreds, thousands, I don't know. But it's interesting that as long as they were there, I mean, man, I just... How amazing would it be for the Father God of the universe. Every afternoon he just shows up and just comes and hangs out. And then we run and hide from him. But you know what? He didn't, he wasn't, he knew, he called out to Adam, where are you? He knew where Adam was, you know. I think he was trying to get Adam to to say back to God, well, okay, you know, he was trying to get him to understand, look, I still desire a relationship with you. He was trying to restore Adam, to bring him out of hiding, get him to say the same, you know, that's what the word confession means uh, when it says to confess your sins and repent. Confession means to say the same thing. So when you confess your sins, what you're doing is you're saying the same thing God says about your sins. And you know what God says about your sins on this side of the cross? What does he say about them? He's going to beat you. He's going to punish you. He's going no. He says, I don't even remember your sins anymore. I have removed your sin as far from you as the east is from the west. And those two don't ever meet. They keep going. John three seventeen. He didn't send his world, his world, his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. You know, there is no condemnation for those who believe in Christ. If I was a good Southern preacher, I'd be asking for some amens. But that was a good point right there. That was that was good. You realize that, right? That if you're a believer in Christ, God will never, ever condemn you. You will never stand before him to be judged based on your performance. When you get to eternity, he's not going to run the videotape and show everybody what you've done, and that's going to be your qualifier. Your sins were already punished 2,000 years ago. Done. End of story. Complete. Done. All that's left is a relationship. Did I miss a scripture? All right, John 17, 3. John 17 is, man, it's amazing, this prayer that Jesus is praying. This is right before he's about to get arrested. I think if we knew we were going to get arrested and nailed to a cross, you know, we'd be getting out of town. We'd be freaking out. But what Jesus did was pray for you. Jesus declared this thing into the earth for, for it to be recorded what he was thinking about on his way to the cross. And what he was thinking about was you being made one with God. What he was thinking about was us as believers working together to, so that the world will believe. You know What he was thinking about was the glory that God had given him. He turned around and was about to give to us. The glory that God gave Jesus, he turned around and gave to you, it says. I still don't understand all that. John 17, 3, it says, and this is eternal life. You know, you think about eternal life, and maybe you don't in this room, but I'm telling you, there are a lot of people out there and a lot of preachers making people feel to believe that Their acceptance with God is based on getting it right or not. And eternal life has more to do with this quality of life. He says in John 17, 3, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ who you have sent. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God. Eternal life is knowing God. That word know is uh, nosko. The Greek original word there is nosko. And it means experience. It means an experiential. I think the tense is like a, I can't remember the tense, but it, but it means it's presently active right now. It may be the present active tense. But it, it's, it doesn't mean that it's not a one-time event. It's not the type of tense where you look at the word in, in the Greek, and you know, the New Testament was originally written in Greek. And the Greek has all these different aspects of their words way more than we do. And it's kind of like the past and present and future is all built in into the the tenses of the word. And this is a word that means continual. And it's an experience. It means to experience continually. So what he's saying is eternal life is to be continually experiencing God. And it's as if life is produced around you when you are experiencing God. You know, when you are experiencing God, and that's why, you know, we we take a lot of time here to just really connect with God in worship, because that's where you get to know God. You know, not me standing up here talking to you. I may give you some interesting information and hopefully you connect with what God is saying to you and personalize some of this stuff but in worship you take the very living God that's in you and and develop that relationship and it says that as you're experiencing God it produces life eternal life is to experience God and it's reverse as you're experiencing god life is produced i'm taking a little creative license there but how many of you've had those experiences where in worship you know maybe you've been seeking something you've been praying for something but you just have those times you just connect with god in worship you know you you just you just see him you know that you know that you know that as you're yielding to him as you're letting him love on you as you're expressing your thankfulness to him Life is being produced, and you're just changed. Whether it be a heart change or you go home and you find out, just something changed in your life. I, I bet a lot of times when we experience miracles, we don't even recognize it because we didn't work for it. You know, we, we, we're in a world system where we want to see the fruit of our effort. And God's not interested in your effort. God's interested in your heart. God's interested in you. You guys read The Shack? Y'all read that book, The Shack? I love that there's a scene in there in The Shack where the guy's talking about, I don't remember which one he's talking to, but in The Shack, this guy has an experience with the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And one of them tells him, I don't expect anything from you. And the main character's like, what? I, you don't expect anything? I thought we were supposed to live holy. I thought we were supposed to be perfect. I thought we were supposed to be righteous. Blah blah blah. blah. I'll do all this stuff. He said, no. He said, I know you. I know what you're capable of. I know what you're going to do. I'm God, remember? I know what you're going to do. Why? What sense does it make for me to expect anything from you if I already know what you're going to do? The responsibility that we owe God is to love Him and let Him love us. But the interesting thing is that we love Him because He first loved us. Holiness is produced when you know that God loves you. If you've got a sin issue that you're... See, the, the devil's tricky and religion has bitten the hook because... We think that when we mess up, God's love for us changes, so we run away from Him. When the very thing that needs to happen is when you mess up, you run to Him. Because it's in experiencing His love towards you in repentance, and you're running back to Him saying, God, I really messed up. That sin is going to kill me, and I don't want that in my life. I'm sorry. You've already received forgiveness 2,000 years ago. What you're doing in repentance is going back to Him, reconnecting with that love that He has for you, and sin changes instantly. When you know that God loves you, in whatever area of life that it is that you may miss it, when you let the love of God into your life, that's what changes. It's the goodness of God that draws us to repentance, not the law not guilt, not shame. What this boils down to, and we hear it all the time, well, maybe you do, but that Christianity is about relationship. But what does your relationship with God look like? Is your performance determining how you think God thinks about you? Because God's not concerned with that. God's dealt with sin already. Sin's not the issue with God. Sin will mess up your heart. When we miss it, it, it corrupts our heart and we can't experience the love that He has for us. But man, when your heart's confident toward Him in love, you notice every bird You smell every flower, and just everything's right with the world. You know, that's what righteousness means, as it should be. Righteousness is not a goal or a performance standard. It means as it should be. And Jesus gives it to us freely. What that means is because we have Christ in our hearts, then with God everything is as it should be and when we experience him and rest in his love for us it changes this world around us and there's, there's chemistry that even proves that that what you're experiencing what you send out into this world what's going on around you literally changes based on what you're sending out and Jesus said it he said seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added You put God first in personal, loving relationship and everything around you just lines up. That doesn't mean that, you know, when you're a Christian, everything's going to be perfect. Stuff still happens. This world's messed up. It just happens. And by the way, everything that happens to you is not always God's idea or even the devil's fault. Sometimes stuff just happens. So, you know, take this as good news. And I want to, you know, we're going to go back into worship but just spend a little bit of time with Him. But if your relationship is not where you'd like it to be, don't feel guilty about it. You know, just know that He loves you. Just know that there's room to enter back into a deeper relationship with Him. Because He's not waiting to condemn you. You know, when you go back... speak with Him. He's not waiting with the list of things that you've missed the last time since the last time you talked to Him. And when you pray, listen. Because the Holy Spirit in you will tell you what the Father is saying. Father, we just put our attention on You. Thank You so much for loving us. Thank You that we're not servants anymore but we're your children we get to serve the people around us yes but we get to relate to you personally and we get to experience your love for us because we're your children you know maybe you don't see god as your father and maybe you have maybe you don't have a good relationship with your earthly father and You've always had difficulty relating to God as your Father. Just let Him right now minister to that part of your heart. He is the perfect Father and has nothing but good things for you. He absolutely adores you. He looks at you and He sees perfection because of the blood of Christ. He's not looking for fault when He looks at you. He's not looking where He can show you where you've missed it. There is no condemnation for the believer. If you can connect to this, just see God in front of you. Just see Jesus literally walk into the room with nothing but love in His eyes for you. thank you that you desired relationship with us. And if that's your heart tonight, if, if, that, if this connects with something inside of you, and you want to make that commitment to him, to just have a deeper relationship with him, just tell him just let Him know just express that to Him express to Him the kind of relationship that you'd like to have with Him and that may be foreign to some of us but there's all kind of scriptures that talk about Him wanting to know what He's thinking it's literally built into us to hear from Him I thank You that You live inside of us thank you that we can just experience you and that we'll live together forever as a family.